Are you excited for day two of our draft? Okay, I'm going to kind of follow some of the theme that everybody else did. I'm going to start lighthearted. Nothing says, hey, six-year-old, sit down and watch this movie like a guy standing in the shadow smoking a cigarette being mean. Sit down here, six-year-old, and check this movie out. But my favorite pick overall was not my pick. What do you think? Are we just all insane? Is everyone listening to this right now saying, Chris, Chris had a fantastic draft. Necessary Raptors is Chris's favorite movie. That is accurate. Yes, uh, a, a bombshell of a pick. Wait, oh, hang on. I can't even read my own writing. I'm going Field of Dreams next. My apologies. Sorry. Sorry. Listen, if you're going to give me some garbage about people already walking out of the second movie at your film festival, then I'm going to tell you that by the time the guy who's sticking around for the fourth of my film festival, he's ready. Chris sucks for that. I'm just going to say that. (laughs) If if Roberts and I agree on anything, I think you got to end the night defeating communism. Hello, Internet. The Morgan You Know Podcast Network presents Balls and Brew. We are back on the flagship sports podcast here on the Morgan You Know Podcasting Network. We call it Balls and Brew for a reason, and we talk about them the way you're talking sports when you're having a few brews with your buddies. But this week, for the first time in Balls and Brew history, we're going to touch on a couple of activities that do not get played with a ball. More on that later. I need to have you know who's with us, of course, if we're doing Balls and Brew. I got one co-host with me who's here usually all the time, except for last week when the Hurricane Ian took down his power, but he is back this week. It's our guy, Chris King. Chris, hello. What is up, Rod? And yeah, Hurricane Ian was no joke. I almost got stuck on Riceville Beach. I know you guys don't know where that's at, but I got I got there to do a job on high tide and the whole island almost got flooded. Luckily, I got out of there in time. Wow, there we go. See, it's it's craziness. Glad that you are back with us and things are good. Another man who is back with us if we're talking football. It's got to be our football handicapper joining us from South Bend. It's Josh Williams. Josh, hello. Let's go, Rod. What's up, boys? Uh, this is a different week this week coming up, man. A lot of uh, huge favorites here. I've I've been partial to the dogs so far. We, we might be switching that up this week. There's, there's some ugly dogs going up against some big favorites this week, so... Uh, yeah, excited to get into uh, week five. All right, well, that will be coming up a tad bit later, actually. And I like, Mr. Williams, that you said the word ugly right there. I will play great podcast host here and transition off of that. Spanning the globe to bring you the constant variety of sports. We had uh, a couple of ugly cheating scandals that kind of came to the forefront. I don't know exactly what date all of these things all went down, but they all seem to come up within a few days of one another on Twitter, which is where I would only hear about a chess scandal. That's right. The world of chess was rocked by a scandal recently when Grandmaster Champion Magnus Carlsen, and I'm told that this guy's considered one of the greatest players of all time. Chris, I know you're familiar with Kasparov and Bobby Fischer because you were pretty old when those guys were doing their thing back in the day. Apparently, this guy might be better than either of them. Have you heard of Grandmaster Champion Magnus Carlsen before this incident we're about to speak of? Yeah, I have heard of Magnus. He's been on the scene for a long, long time, and he is. He is He is probably the greatest chess player that's ever been around as far as I'm concerned. I mean, he is a genius when it comes to chess and if you're going to be a grandmaster, you already have to be a genius. Yeah, so that's your good background on Grandmaster Magnus there. He plays in a match against Hans Niemann, 
who is an American, rather young, 19, maybe 20. I'm not entirely sure. I don't remember, but he's rather young, who's fast on the scene, and he gets absolutely whipped by young Hans, and people are really questioning it, and what's going on here, and okay, fast forward to another match between the same two gentlemen, and Magnus gets up after one move, walks out, and says, I resign, and there's a cheating scandal that rocks the world of chess. That's all you really hear about. Mr. Williams, did you hear about this chess cheating scandal, and when you first heard about it did you immediately hear the way the cheating was going down or did you just hear about it as a quote cheating scandal i gotta be honest i did not hear anything about this chess uh, cheating scandal i heard about the poker cheating scandal and i've heard about the fisherman cheating scandal but this chess one is new to me it's all kinds of cheating going on right now man it's uh, what is what is happening in the sports world right so i kind of i just i saw it on twitter and it was alluded to and i read a little bit about it and i read how the one guy accused the other guy of cheating but i finally got to the bottom of how the cheating was pulled off there was a morris code system where someone was delivered answers of the proper moves to make in the game of chess as determined by a computer right and that in the roughest way to put it that's what's going on and those messages were delivered chris are you ready for this the messages were supposedly this is all still in air quotes right now this hasn't been 100 proven but these are the stories that are out there the messages were sent by morris code via anal beads chris i mean did you ever think you'd have to have anal beads come in when you're talking about the world of chess uh no i never i never thought that that these two subjects would ever merge together uh i never thought you could you could fit one inside the other but apparently you can yeah exactly i like what you said there now hans has denied this cheating he has denied all of this but i guess chess.com has a specific way a proprietary way only known to them where they can determine if someone is cheated or not during a chess match. And they have actually come out and said, well, we have young Mr. Hans Niemann clocked as cheating well over 100 times. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. But in the world of 2022, all you have to do is say, I do not cheat. And that's basically how you get away with things these days. Just say you didn't do it no matter what other people say. The problem with Hans has, though, is he has admitted to cheating in the past. Only once. Uh, he's he's only trying to write it off as doing it one time, well, and he no, and he, he made he, him feel dirty. He didn't even do that. So he cheated. What what you're referring to is the one time he cheated when he was 12 for a money game, and he says, "Yes, I have cheated other times, but not for money." And it was always on the computer. And okay. Never All right. I think we're getting a little too hung up here on the cheating scandal, Chris. People want us to get to the NFL, and we also have – I want to tie in fishing here, and we're going to talk a little bit of baseball. But I appreciate you for clearing up all of the details there. Broad strokes are this man could be cheating, might not be cheating. I don't know. There's going to be further investigation. Maybe he will be pinned down as a cheater. But the grander point I wanted to make was he gets to live in another region right now where he's an accused cheater – but he's not actually stripped of anything at this moment. He is suffering no consequences, and he denies it, and that's the world we can live in. Otherwise, in the world of fishing, wasn't so easy for Jacob Runyon and Chase Kaminsky to deny they were cheating. 
video surfaced all over the internet, and I know both of you saw this video, and it is absolutely fabulous. And we try not to curse too much here on this podcast, but be prepared. It might come up with this because it's the only way to proper describe this video. But fish are being weighed out in a competition in Cleveland, Ohio, off of Lake Erie, and they start being sliced open, and we notice these little lead balls are rolling out, and fishermen are losing their minds in the background. Mr. Williams, you had a great way of describing it. Describe for the people what you said in the in the pre-show fist fight <laughs> it's about so the good, video. Man, because uh, one of my favorite shows is Family Guy. They do a lot of off-camera dialogue, and that's that's um, that's my favorite. And then whenever you whenever you can catch that in real life. Where there's dialogue off camera is so funny to me. It's like the most genuine comedy. We don't we don't get the we we don't get to hear or see so that that much comedy these days. But man, when you watch that video and you hear the guys say, "We've been doing it for years, man. It's just scumbags, man." It's just I just died laughing, man. Oh, and I, those guys take that seriously. Uh, I, there was reports that those guys were ripping off like twenty nine thousand dollars in tournament. Wins winnings over the last couple of months so you're right man those guys are going to be pissed off uh, they're lucky they didn't get an ass beaten at, at, right at that spot but man just the off-camera dialogue i can't get enough of it there needs to be more of that in comedy just a fantastic cheating scandal and who would have believed it in, in the fisherman world Chris, the best thing about that video, I, I'm honestly going to say this, and I'm in no way defending the cheaters here, but the best thing to me about that video is how that guy is just standing there. Like, he's just stone-faced, just standing around like, yeah, okay, cool, you guys got me. I'm just going to keep standing here. Like, what is, what is he, what do you think he's doing just continuing to stand there? Why didn't he just, like, turn tail and just walk away when he knew he was got? I don't I don't know, because it, it flabbergasted me, too, because he's just standing there staring down at that tub where they're cutting fish open, taking out more and more and more lead balls, fake fish fillets. I mean, I don't know if he was frozen in fear, but I, I think if he tried to get away quick, I don't think he would have made it to his car. I think you're absolutely right about that. Look up the fisherman video. It's you. It's got to be the top one that comes up. I mean, there's been so many views of it over the time. We'll see how the cheating scandal plays out. But that has also been a background sort of to Aaron Judge, who finally hit his 60-second home run and relieving college football fans all across America. Thank you, Aaron Judge, for finally hitting that home run so their games wouldn't get interrupted anymore. He finally hit that home run, set the Yankees team record, set what's being referred to as an American League record, which, Chris, you're rather old. Do you ever remember a National League or an American League record being celebrated quite as much as Aaron Judge's American League record is right now? Yeah, no. <laughs> And we all know the reason behind that relates to cheating. That's because the single-season home run record, whether we like it or not, belongs to Barry Bonds. Okay? Steroids were a thing in baseball. Bud Selig tacitly turned the other cheek. Nobody did anything about it. Numbers skyrocketed. We didn't question it. We have to answer for it. We can like Aaron Judge more. We can always mention that Barry Bonds took steroids. But it's ludicrous to say that the legitimate home run record is actually Aaron Judge's. That's ridiculous. No, Mr. Williams, you're a numbers guy. I mean, as much as we don't like Barry Bonds and we know he took steroids, he still is the home run king, is he not? Aaron Judge is the home run king. <laughs> Bonds. Wow! Look at you. Uh, uh, I can't Bonds hit seventy three in two thousand three. Like the most, the most he ever hit, at, you know, other than that year, was like like forty nine or something like that. Like it's astronomical what he did in that year. It's, obviously, he was cheating. 
if he, if he doesn't cheat that year, he doesn't hit 73. So uh, Aaron Judge is is the thing. Right, but Mr. Williams, you follow college football, and you have you understand that in college football championships have been repealed, Heisman yeah. trophies have been repealed. Like we do this, the right Tour de France's have been repealed. Baseball hasn't done this to Barry Bonds. I mean, Don't you I, think that matters? His head was like twice as big as what it used to be. <laughs> like it's so obvious to me that he was cheating. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I get no, it. I still think I'm he not was defending an awesome Barry he was Bonds awesome here, Pittsburgh, man. But uh, to me, to me, a judge, judge did it cleanly. So, so we think. So uh, I'll, I'll give it to Judge. I mean, thank you. I like that you said so we think because I think that factors in as well. But Chris, let me go to you here. I mean, you've been watching baseball since Abner Doubleday invented it. I mean, tell us what you <laughs> think here. Uh, so I'm kind of torn because I'm with you, Rod. You've said it in the past, and I had, tend to agree with you when. McGuire and Sosa had that home run chase, that battle back and forth. It came right after the strike. Attendance was down. Viewership was down. It really brought back baseball, made it fun, made it exciting again. I do not like the fact that these guys were on roids when it was illegal in baseball, yet we turned a blind eye and didn't test for it. Uh, Same way with Bonds. I mean, Bonds, I tend to not agree with his records more so than Maguire or Sosa just because at least in Maguire's case especially he was always a bigger dude Bonds seemed to grow as soon as he left Pittsburgh and got to San Francisco um but even beyond the home run record you gotta admit what Judge did this year offensively is probably the greatest offensive performance by a by a hitter since the 50s I would say okay but let me ask you this let me ask you this all right because I agree with you okay but if you look at Aaron Judge's home runs this year and you look at who's number 22 Aaron Judge basically has 20 more than them right so we're we're essentially right now just stay with me for a second we're essentially about to praise Aaron Judge for something we are now casting scorn on Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire and Barry Bonds for doing because retroactively we got evidence shouldn't we calm down a little bit here with Aaron Judge Chris I mean are you really willing to throw yourself on the altar and say that this that we don't know he's up to anything because he's dwarfing everybody else in the American League and the National League as far as home runs go he you are correct he is dwarfing everybody else he the next closest player was 16 home runs behind and the next closest one in the American League was 22 and it's legitimate to say that this is a deader ball now than what Sosa and Maguire had or what Barry Bonds had. So it should be harder to hit these home runs. Aaron Judge has always been a huge dude from the time he got drafted when high school. I mean, he's just been a big guy all the time. He's been a power hitter his entire career. I don't know. I I tend to say... Testing's a little bit more rigorous now. I okay, think. I, I get it. I get it. See, but that's my point, right? Is we can talk ourselves in circles so many different ways, all right? And ultimately, what's at play here is Aaron Judge gets to walk onto the scene wearing a white hat, and Barry Bonds will constantly always be the villain, twirling his mustache, spinning a six-shooter around, and wearing his black hat. He was mean to teammates. He was mean to the media. He Guys that he was associated with went to prison prison Barry Bonds was convicted of perjury and then it got overturned on an appeals court I mean there's just a long history there under no circumstances is anybody going to be able to put Barry Bonds up as a poster boy for what baseball is supposed to be about but guess what there's a lot of other characters that are wear just as big of black hats who are in the hall of fame and who, who do have legitimate records 
I am not defending Barry Bonds here. Let me be clear. I understand Barry Bonds took steroids. I understand Sammy Sosa took steroids. Mark McGuire. I don't know who took steroids. There could still be guys taking steroids now. I have no idea. We should not cast judgment one way or another on either of these players. We should let the record book stand as Major League Baseball, the entity itself, does. And at this point, Barry Bonds is not stricken from the record books. He's the home run king. So, Williams, you were overruled. (laughs) You were wrong. Chris, you sat on the fence there. I hope you feel okay. And you would be wrong if you tried to go with Williams. We are now going to take one last trip around baseball. You two gentlemen will do something we haven't done since almost the beginning of the season. We will give three minutes to the game of baseball in honor of its playoffs starting this weekend before we ultimately get into NFL Week 5. I will sit this out. Chris, you and Williams will drive three minutes of baseball starting now. Before we get started on the playoffs, Williams, I do have to bring this up. Everybody knows I am a Shohei Otani fanboy. I just want to throw this out because I did just say Aaron Judge had the best offensive season I've ever seen, but I still think Shohei deserves the MVP. Here's a guy who not just in, improved his his offensive numbers from last year, uh, 34 home runs, 30-plus doubles, uh, 11 stolen bases, 95 RBIs. He also won 15 games, struck over 200 batters, and had an ERA of 2.33. The, the the things that this guy can do on the field still mesmerize me e- each and every day. Uh, it's something that hasn't been done in the World Series era. He is able to win awards for both offense and pitchers this year, which has which hasn't been done in the World Series era. It's 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 phenomenal and unbelievable. And boy, does baseball need more players? Yeah, like and him. what hurts him this year for the MVP? race is that he had a better year last year I mean his war last year was 4.9 he had 26 stolen bases last year the war this year is only in quotation marks only 3.4 and 11 stolen bases amongst of all all the other things that that you said that he does and and the pitching comps this year his pitching comp was comparable to Shane McClanahan if if anybody's unfamiliar with him he's a top five pitcher in the league for the Rays and his batting comp this year was to Mookie Betts Mookie Betts had a somewhat down year but still like a top five hitter in the league so it's insane what Otani has done he's basically a top five pitcher and a top five hitter and he's probably you know more than likely not going to win the MVP this year just because of what Judge did. Judge had an unbelievable year. He he should win the MVP because the Yankees are in the playoffs. Otani should win most outstanding player of the year if if they gave that out and I think they should think about giving that award out the most outstanding player because the Angels were about 30 30 games back of the playoffs. So Otani most outstanding, Judge most valuable. Otani is unbelievable though. You're right. Yeah, Angels had had one less win than the Cubs, if that tells the the listeners anything. Um, and to be honest, it it's a shame that we For don't sure. get to see him play in the playoffs this year. And spe- speaking of the playoffs, let's just start with the National League. I don't think that anybody's going to beat the Braves or the Dodgers. I think that's going to be your NLCS. The Braves won their fifth division in a row. I think the Dodgers won, what, their third or four out of the last five, I think. I mean, Dodgers won 110 games. They're legit top to bottom. They're deep. The Braves continue to win. They continue to be what I think greater than the sum of their parts. So I think those are the two best teams in the National League. 
Oh, and I'm sorry. You took too much time talking about a player who's not participating in the playoffs to even touch on the American League. Sorry to you baseball fans out there. Chris King got hung up on Shohei Itani one more time. Okay, drink if you had that in the balls and brew drinking game. I've given Chris baseball segments a couple of times. Shohei comes up all the time playoffs just around the corner you look to us here at balls and brew for expert picks williams clearly has some numbers for you there and chris spends all of that time on shohei Otani again sorry sorry to you american league fans out there i don't even know who's in the playoffs in the american league i was looking forward to getting the american league side of the roster and perhaps we'll have to wait till next year all right on to nfl week five mr williams I'm in such a cheeky mood after my little line there about baseball. I got to chide you. You're 11-1. and one, And the one loss you had was the only game I felt confident in giving pushback to you against. Your Chiefs hurt you because you thought Tom Terrific was going to beat Patrick Mahomes. Yeah, where where in the world was that game two years ago when I, when I bet – and I bet Kansas City to beat Tampa Bay in the, in the Super Bowl. They laid an absolute egg in that game. That was the that was the Kansas City team I thought I was getting in the Super Bowl, and yet they appeared two years later when I went against them and and took Tampa Bay. Boy, what a show Mahomes put on there! Unbelievable what he did. Uh, yeah, that was that was crazy. That was the only loss uh, of the year so far. So we'll look to get back to uh, hopefully a two and one or three and zero week this week. You betcha. You're still 11-1, and one, still doing rather well on the year. You got three more picks for us coming up here in just a little bit. I gave out the Eagles v. Jaguars as the Tom Cruise game of the week last week. And I must admit, the game didn't really hit what I would say would be the Tom Cruise blockbuster level. Right, We can't start throwing out a few good men here. We can't do a Top Gun. We can't do uh, Mission Impossible, Days of Thunder. We can't do any of the big boys here because that game just didn't quite live up to that. What we have to do is a game that had a couple of scenes that you really kind of like, a little bit of struggle, but ultimately it just kind of felt like a slog because of the way the monsoon happened upon that game and really changed the uh, fortunes for my Jaguars. So let's go with... Uh, Far and Away, all right? A movie that's got some cool stuff happening. You know, you got Tom Cruise, younger, Nicole Kidman when they're first coming together. You got the, you can see the heat, right? Not really because Tom Cruise doesn't have heat with anybody, but tune into a, an episode of The Morgan You Know for more on that. This isn't the platform for that here. But I'm going with Far and Away as the grade for last week's Philadelphia versus Jacksonville. Ultimately, a movie that's fine that you got some value out of, but just wasn't a blockbuster. Uh, Jimmy is not here to grade me on my normal uh, Tom Cruise. So, Chris, I'm going to ask you, what do you think about me giving far and away as uh, the ultimate grade for Philly versus Jacksonville? Yeah, I think that's a, a perfect grade for that game. Because it had some hype going into it. You thought, hey, here's these two big teams or two big stars. This should be a win-win. And it just kind of dragged on for a little bit too long got nice. a little lull there in the middle like it, it was just not quite what it needed to be mr williams i'm not going to ask you about the eagles here because i have a feeling you have some thoughts for us about the eagles when you talk about them because i see they are one of your picks so we will we will know you'll talk about them there what i will mention as well though is jimmy's face of the week are those eagles for remaining the one undefeated team left in the National Football League. They become Jimmy's face of the week. And Jimmy's heel of the week goes to running backs with knee injuries. Mr. Williams, who in the world could Jimmy be referring to, do you think? 
Oh man, there's a ton. There's uh, Jonathan Taylor. There's Javante Williams. A couple guys that are that should have been playing tonight. And uh, there's a few more. And the running backs really, they really took a hit there this week. Uh, a couple of my guys went down. So yeah, it's it's been tough, tough week for running backs this week. Yeah, definitely. So Jimmy gives the heel of the week to running back knee injuries. Jimmy's face of the week was fly, Eagles fly. I got my Tom Cruise game graded. That leaves us with one more of our gimmicks that isn't Mr. Williams giving us his three picks. That is Chris King telling us the three things that he knows about NFL Week 4. Here's something I know. I know exactly how DK Metcalf felt. I think I think most of us have. Let's... let's Let's give it up to him for keeping it real, keeping it honest. Like we all have have had that situation where you got to do that clinch walk or or that little clinch run, you know, or you get to that point and you just know you, if you move another inch, you're not going to make it. You got to either stand perfectly still and wait for that moment to pass or, or or get some help. And I think he did the right thing. I think he got some help because I think it could have been a whole lot more embarrassing if he didn't. You, I'll tell you what, you did a very good job of tastefully describing that. Kudos to you. You're really Those broadcasting <laughs> schools are really paying off. The other thing I know is, is if you are going to be a fan and you want to streak or run across the field in the middle of a football game, you better expect and just plan on getting laid out by a big 6'2", 250-pound NFL player, whoever it may be, because that's what's going to happen. Uh, this guy runs out into the field with some sort of smoke cans or whatever, gets laid out by Wagner, and now he is trying to file police reports and sue for assault. And and it just, it's insane to me to think that this guy thinks he has a case. I mean, he got more injured by his own little smoke bombs that gave him second-degree burns than what he ended up getting from Wagner. Yeah, well, I mean, the smoke bombs don't necessarily have the uh, bank account that Bobby Wagner has. So, I mean, just just another case of somebody trying to steal themselves some headlines in 2022. But I'm absolutely with you. If you don't think you're going to get laid out by their security guard or an NFL player for being on the field, then I got some oceanfront property in Arizona to sell to you. Yeah, I got a bridge in New York I'm going to sell to you. Um, And the last thing that I know is I don't care who they are playing, but the Lions are the most exciting team to watch in the NFL. Preach. Week in, week out, these guys go out and put on yards, numbers, touchdowns. They come from behind. They make games interesting. They are by far the best offense in the league right now. They are also the worst defense in the league right now. But they have scored 140 points over the first four games. And on this pace in a 17-game season, they can legitimately look at scoring over 600 points this season. Let's they go. That's so bad numbers much right there. Fun to watch. It is crazy. And they still put up those numbers without their number one wide receiver last week. And so it doesn't matter who's out there. Goff is slinging the ball around and the they score touchdowns. That's what they do. Mr. Williams, let me ask you this. I know you said that we were a little early on the Lions when I dropped them as my future bet for the playoffs, and I, I see that as well. I'm still holding on to hope with the Giants. I know they're a fr- pretty fraudulent 3-1, and one, but they're 3-1 and one at that right now. But uh, is Goff maybe actually the answer for Detroit moving forward? I mean, or is this kind of a mirage we're seeing out of Goff? Uh, I mean, probably a mirage. I mean, Goff's playing great, but uh, the first four games of the year have been either at home or in a dome. 
This week he gets to go outside and face Belichick. Remember what Belichick did to him in the Super Bowl? I think the the Detroit Lions are in for a massive downgrade uh, offensively this week against that Belichick defense. That's not one of my one of my picks this week, but uh, would not surprise me at all if uh, if Detroit massively underperforms offensively outdoors against Belichick's defense this week. All right, there we go. Well, you know what? You did tease there. Let's get to your picks. We're at Chris. We will actually uh, we will hear again from you at the end of this podcast. We're doing, uh, I know, it's something you're very familiar with, the old sports reporters. You got a uh, you got a parting shot for us based on uh, something from last week when you were uh, unable to join us. So uh, you'll, you'll give that to us after Williams gives his pick. So, uh, Mr. Williams, I see here that you want to start. Uh, let's actually start abroad. Let's go over to London, Governor. Get some fish and chips in the London game. What do you got? Yeah, usually I like to fade these London games, but uh, this week is kind of tough. I'm usually – I don't think I've picked a favorite of over two and a half all year this year, but I I have to do it this week. There's a a ton of ugly dogs this week, and I just think they're they're overmatched. And I'm going against one of my favorite coaches here in Dayball, and and I'm going against uh, (laughs) – You know, one of my most hated. I'm going against one of my most hated teams in the the Packers here as a Bears fan, but I got to take the Packers minus eight here. I know it's a huge number uh, to lay, and that's usually a square play, but I have a ton of reasons here why I like the Packers. Under Lafleur as at least a touchdown favorite, Green Bay is 17 and 0 straight up, and in those games, Rogers stats 42 touchdowns, only three picks. And in games in London where a team is favored by at least a touchdown, they're 6-1 and one against the spread the favorites are. They're currently on a six-game winning streak. And the, Gi- the Giants, when you look at who they played, they played Tannehill, they played Baker, they played Cooper Rush kind of over his head. Hey, whoa, Justin- whoa, take it easy on Cooper Rush. He might come up, <laughs> he might come up in the Tom Cruise game of the week. And, and Justin Fields uh, amongst their four quarterbacks. So not exactly murderer's row that the Giants have played. And it appears Danny Dimes is going to try and give it a go on his ankle. Yeah, he is. But, go, Danny. Uh, the, the problem is that 49% of his fantasy output on the year has come via his legs. And if he's got a bum ankle, I just don't know how effective those bootlegs are going to be. By the way, the Bears, I mean, come on. The Bears defense last week. You you know that the whole game plan is is to run to Barkley or, or bootleg to Danny Dimes, and it's like they didn't even practice that all, all week. That was very frustrating to watch as a Bears fan. But Dimes has been pressured on 50% of his dropbacks. The reason, well, there's a couple. It's not only on Dimes. The Giants' O-line is 25th in pass block win rate, and the wide receivers haven't been able to create any separation. The Giants' wide receivers are combining to average only 1.2 yards per route run. That's terrible. The pack is ninth in pressure rate. Uh, I mean, you would think the Giants should be able to run the ball. The pack just got torched by the Pats' running game. The problem, though, is the Giants' O-line is actually below average in adjusted line yards. And when you think about comps to this game, think about back in week three when uh, uh, Green Bay played Tampa and kind of a compromised running quarterback. Brady Brady doesn't run at all. We think Jones is going to be hobbled by his ankle. Against Tampa Bay in week three, the Pack were fourth best in EPA per rush allowed that week. And so, I mean, the Giants have faced the second easiest schedule of opposing offenses. All right, all right, all right. I get yeah. it. You're you're raining yeah. on my Giants parade. I understand. Here's my only here's my only pushback. All right, I'm with you. Yeah. I think the Packers are going to win this game. Do we think Aaron Rodgers is going to be engaged and excited enough for the Packers to win by what's essentially two scores here? Yeah, and so here's the thing. Rodgers has said has even said impressors this week because I I felt the same way as you. I was like the, the Green Bay really hasn't blown anybody out yet. But in the in the pressers this week, 
He said the offense can't keep this up. They can't keep putting pressure on their D. I think he sheepishly knows that he can exploit this Giants D. This Giants D goes from facing a Bears offense at home. Guy Wink Martindale. Yeah, that is trying to hide their QB to now facing a focused uh, Packers offense that that wants to get things back on track here. And they do it in an unfamiliar environment with the Giants. I like the Packers to get their offense on track across the pond here. Give me Green Bay minus eight. I think they get the job done. All right, let me ask you one quick, 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 quick question here. The Giants, all right, exposed here versus the Packers. But the NFC not really breaking out like we thought it might. Do my Giants still have a chance to sneak in as the seventh seed? Do you see it? Yeah, for sure, because of their coaching. Uh, Dayball is one of the best offensive minds in the league, and Martindale will put pressure on you whenever he wants. And and you know me. I, I'm all about being aggressive. Put, put that pressure on those guys. And you, we know the NFC quarterbacks aren't as good as the AFC quarterbacks. Go ahead and blitz them nonstop. But in, in this in this particular matchup, you, you can't blitz Rodgers here. So uh, I, I that's a, that's another reason why I don't like the, the Giants here. They just, I just don't think they match up well right, with the Packers. You're telling, you're telling me there's a chance they, that I can. They still do get have that. a chance. All right. Yes, for sure. All for right. sure, they do have a chance. I like that. All right. So let's. There we go. We got Green Bay minus eight as pick number one. Let's get a uh, pick number two involving uh, two quarterbacks. Uh, Playing a very different football. Tom Brady's not at the top of his game, but uh, he's certainly playing better than Marcus Mariota. What do you got for us in Atlanta versus Tampa Bay? Yeah, this is another one that it seems to be a square play, but I, I got to take Tampa here minus nine. I think they, I think they blow out the Falcons here. The, the Falcons are the only team undefeated against the spread. So you may think, well, why am I picking against them? I just think that's bound to regress. Now without Cordero Patterson, and it looks like uh, Kyle Pitts might not play this week. That's two huge losses. Can you convince me that Atlanta. Kyle Pitts has actually played the first four weeks, though? He might just be a left tackle. I mean, who knows? <laughs> who knows with Arthur Smith? But but Brady is 66-37-2. That's 64%. Coming off an ATS loss since 03 he's 43 and 17 that's 72 percent against the spread coming off a straight up loss and he's eight and two against the spread that's 80 percent coming off multiple losses when he's facing an undefeated team against the spread he's 15 and six against the spread that's 71 percent that's the most profitable quarterback in that spot over the last two decades i just think brady's focused he's getting more guys back uh you know healthy the Falcons come in injured, banged up. The Falcons have 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 won two, uh, you know, outright upsets. The Bucks are coming off two straight up losses. I just think that's that's a recipe. Well, that division for, for, is just opening up for Tampa too. I mean, like I yeah. thought Carolina was going to be a little tougher, right? And that's clearly not working out in their favor, which you warned us all. So you can pat yourself on the back there. I was buying into the Baker hype. Heck, I even wanted the Colts to get Baker, and thank God that didn't happen. But the Colts really aren't working out. Yeah, we'll forget about the Colts anyway. And New Orleans, not right? You kind of like New Orleans, but with Jameis out, you know, Andy Dalton, that kind of changes things there. So I think Tampa Bay wins this game. I'm with you, and they put a stranglehold on that division. Yeah, and the last thing here real quick, the the Falcons really get no pressure. I mean, Green Bay and Kansas City got a little bit of pressure on Brady. We saw we saw the Kansas City make that huge sack, got the fumble, kind of changed the, momen- the momentum of that game. The Falcons get no pressure. They're the third lowest in pressure rate. And and we said it last week, Baker was the, is the second worst quarterback from a clean pocket. The only worst quarterback, which I can't believe, is Mariota, which I think he's been good in fantasy with his legs. I just I don't see that 
transitioning versus this Tampa Bay defense. They're going to be motivated after they got embarrassed on prime time. I think Tampa puts a whooping on the Falcons this week at home. Chris, how do you uh, how do you see that one coming down? Because I know you're uh, used to like uh, Arthur Smith. You thought he was going to do some good things <laughs> in Atlanta, and you've always been a big Tom Brady guy. So how do you see that one going? So I I don't think I could take Tampa Bay at, at, at minus nine. That's a huge, I kind of feel that way. I kind of do. That's a huge number. Uh, Atlanta's been close in every game, even 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 those that they've lost. They've surprised everybody. It does hurt not having Patterson. I don't think it matters that they don't have pits. Uh, and Mariota is playing better than Russell Wilson, and no one thought that was possible this year. So I not, minus nine is a big, big number. If it was like seven, six and a half, I'd probably be with you maybe. But you got to also remember Tom Brady has a lot of stuff going on in his life right now. Is he going to be 100% focused on that football field, especially when he's thinking he's playing against the lowly Falcons? I don't know. We're not really uh, we're not really a gossip uh, podcast here, but, yeah, supposedly uh, attorneys have now been uh, been engaged on both sides of the uh, Booch and uh, Brady households, according to the uh, New York Post. So do with that what you may. But I guess I would say this, though. Tampa Bay can't score a whole lot of points, but Atlanta might not score a whole lot of points either. Tampa Bay could still clear this nine and win this game like 17-6. to six. You know what I mean? Like that's just – there you go. You could you could win that game that way. So I like where you're going there, Mr. Williams. But I would say the Giants, the Falcons, and the Cardinals might still all factor into that number seven NFC playoff spot. And the Cardinals are involved in the next game versus the undefeated Birds. So, Mr. Williams, tell us what you think about the Eagles. Are they the best team in the NFL? Yeah, I think so. And getting back to your guys' point, like I hate, I hate laying nine. Like I hate it. But that's how tough this card is this week. I just think the dogs are just really, really bad. They're in, they're in some bad spots this week. So normally, you're right. I would not lay this nine, but this, I feel like this is a good spot for Tampa. Uh, this other spot here, Philly versus Zona. Wait, we were on the Cliff Kingsbury train last week. Rod, I, I've been drinking tonight, but I'm not drunk. There's no way I'm taking Kingsbury again for two weeks in okay, a row. I was gonna I mean, say, come, come on. Come I on. Know if I you're going to totally zag on everybody yeah. here and be like, I'm calling it. Cardinals take down the Eagles. No, I mean, this This appears to be another square play. I'm taking Philly minus five and a half. But honestly, I, I made this line Philly minus eight, so I think I'm getting some value here. Yeah, I was about to say, Zona, that seems low to me. Yeah, Zona just doesn't have the secondary to keep up with these pass-catching weapons that the Eagles have. A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard, they should be able to get whatever they want. The Eagles have had over 400 total yards of offense in every game this year, and even that was with some with them taking their foot off the gas in the second half of multiple games so far. Zona is 31st in defensive EPA, and, and he, these are some key stats here. Kingsbury, 9-17 and 17 against the spread at home. That's 35%. This team plays so much better on the road. That's why I liked them last week. Uh, even traveling across country uh, three time zones in Carolina, they covered, they won outright. But this team at home has just been terrible. Uh, meanwhile, on the, like on the road, Kingsbury is 19-7-2 against the spread in his career. Just when they get on the road, they get more focused. Maybe it's uh, maybe it's less call of duty time for Kyler. Who knows? I don't know. Uh, you have to go back to a full year ago, the last time <laughs> the last time the cards covered at home, like a full year. It was the last time DeAndre Hopkins played a full game. They beat 
Houston 31 to five in that revenge game for him and, and JJ Watt. Seven straight home games where they have failed to cover. Seven straight. Arizona has failed to cover at home. That's terrible. Well, they're just Philly, flat out not good, right? I mean, isn't that ultimately yeah. where we land with the Cardinals? They're not terrible, but they're not good either. Kyler splits with with Hopkins are just night and day, and there's still a couple weeks before he comes back. So, yeah, Philly's number one in net yards allowed per pass this year at 4.3. Kyler is next to last with 5.7 yards per pass attempt, only ahead of, of Mitch Trubisky, who just got benched this last week. So, yeah, Cliff's not getting his guys ready right off the bat either. Zona is getting outscored 66-16 to in the first half this year. I think Philly gets out to an early lead and then just presses on them with their running game and, and their pass rush. I mean, I, I know Philly hasn't seen a mobile quarterback like Kyler, and, and maybe Kyler you know, gets some garbage touchdowns in the fourth quarter, but I just think Philly has too much here. Philly – uh, Philly travels well. I mean, they have a good offensive line, defensive line. Zona plays terrible at home. I, I like Philly minus five and a half here. Chris, I'm gonna go ahead and uh, pat myself on the back here. I gave you Philly v Baltimore as my Super Bowl pick at the beginning of the year, and I know you were excited because you are a huge Eagles fan. <laughs> yeah, the Eagles can go ahead and suck it. Um, yeah, nice DX <laughs> anniversary coming up Monday night on Raw. <laughs> Uh, the only thing that would concern me about that line is my old tried and true. I don't trust an East Coast team flying to the West Coast playing. They don't do well. They tend to lose games when they shouldn't, even though they have the better team. I still think the Eagles probably do beat Arizona because I don't think Arizona is very good. I'm nervous about the five and a half, though. Now, see, I think that's low. I, 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 that's To me, that's the, the pick Williams is going to be able to sail on the most. Tampa Bay clearing that nine is the one I'm most worried about because I'm not really worried about Green Bay either because Rodgers will kind of look at that maybe like a chance to show off for everybody being the first game of the day. It'll feel a little bit prime time-ish, so I'm, I'm not as worried about that one. But I'll be sweating that Tampa Bay game for you, Mr. Williams. Yeah, and with Chris, I, I'm usually uh... – I agree with him most of the time with the uh, with the East Coast team traveling west. If that game is at one o'clock, that game are at, always preaching that nonsense. I never buy an yeah. any of it. Yeah, that game's at four twenty five though, so should they they should be you know get get used to their body clock there. Um, so that that hopefully that shouldn't be. I'm I'm more concerned about Philly looking ahead to the big uh, week six game Sunday night football hosting Dallas. That's what I'm more concerned about. This could be a sandwich game here, but I just think Philly just got more talent. They're just, they're 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 the most uh, deep team in the league, and I know I didn't give this out on, on the pod, uh, you know, uh, before the season started. I actually gave out the Colts on this, which is looking terrible. But I did I after I after we did this pod, I did look at the schedules and I did place a bet on Philadelphia to win the most regular season games at 18 to one. I'm hoping I'm just not jinxing that right here, but that is looking good right now. They are currently, if you can believe that, if you can believe this, they are they're currently favored in every single yeah, their game. Their schedule eases up from the rest of the year. Th- their schedule is ridiculous, ridiculously easy. They got they have like three tough games left, so uh, we'll see. I mean, injuries can pop up, but we'll see. I, I'm I'm feeling pretty fly, good about Eagles this. Eagles fly, Chris. You hear it? Do you feel that, it, Chris? Chris fly, hates that. Right now. Eagles fly. 
All right, you know what? We got one more thing to do. And, Mr. Williams, I love that you brought up the Cowboys and the big Week 6 matchup with the Eagles. The Cowboys are going to be flying high because they're going to be pumped up that they were involved in what Rod was calling the Tom Cruise game of the week. It is the Rams v. Cowboys. Give me Matt Stafford v. Cooper Rush. We all had that one down in our books at the beginning of the year as a big-time game. Stafford's playing like crap. Cooper Rush is playing lights out. He looks just as good as any quarterback that's ever put on the silver, blue, star. Chris, I mean, do you even want Dak Prescott to come back at this point? As good as any other quarterback? It's, I mean, he's he's off to 4-0 in his first four starts. Name me another Cowboys quarterback that did that. Lots of other good ones. Cooper Rush is right in the same breath. Yeah, Listen, Cooper is doing exactly what he needs to do. He's making smart decisions. He's working his progressions, and he doesn't turn the ball over. Teams tend to win when quarterbacks do that. Yeah. Jerry Jones wants a quarterback controversy, Chris. That's why it's the Tom Cruise game of the week. Fireworks when Cooper Rush and Matt Stafford meet up. Sean McVay turning the dials for the Rams. That's this week's Tom Cruise game of the week. But as I mentioned at the top, we are going to have a parting shot from our guy Chris King here. He was unable to join us last week, as we mentioned at the top as well, due to Hurricane Ian. So, Chris, I know you kind of wanted to weigh in on something that we got the chance to talk about actually as it was going down last week. So the floor is yours. Yeah, we're going to talk about concussions. And concussions have made a comeback in the news since the ordeal surrounding Tua in the last two weeks. I thought it was time for me to share my own experience. When I saw Tua stumble after that hard whiplash hit against the Bills, I felt real strongly it was due to a head injury and not some back or ankle issue. Instead of limping or hobbling or or grabbing his back, he grabbed his helmet, shook his head as if to get the cobwebs out. Sure signs of a concussion. How do I know? I've, I've had a lot of them. And looking back, I've had way more concussions than those that were diagnosed by a doctor. My first concussion happened while playing on my 8th grade football team. I was a tailback, got rocked with a helmet-to-helmet hit during practice. Our team always wore white practice jerseys, and after that hit, those jerseys turned neon green. The effects, of course, didn't last very long, and I kept practicing. Over the next two years... Though, any time I took a hit to the head, either on offense or defense, those white jerseys turned neon green. Every time. I thought it was weird, but not a big deal. I always kept playing. I didn't tell anybody. The effects wore off in just a minute or two, and I thought I was fine. Then my sophomore year, I got rocked once again during practice. This time, however, when I got up, everything, not just the jerseys, everything had a tint of that neon green. I took two steps, stumbled to the ground, much like Tua did versus the Bills. This time, my coaches noticed, kept me out of contract deals, but I still practiced. That's when my headaches started. They weren't bad, nor did I get them very often, but I had never had headaches before that. And of course, I still had that same vision issue every time I took a hard hit to the head. Then, during my senior year, I took a big helmet-to-helmet hit during a game, And I only know this from the game film I watched the next day because I don't remember that hit or even the entire first half of the game. In fact, the last thing I remembered was running out for pregame warm-ups. The next thing I know, I'm sitting in a locker room at halftime not knowing what had happened. Luckily, the team doctor kept me out of the game and forced me to sit out the next game too. 
Most of the time after these hits to the head, I felt fine. I always felt normal the day after. But now I have migraines every week, sometimes for multiple days. Some get so bad I can't walk or I get physically sick. And that's the point. I could have passed concussion protocols after almost every one of those times I took a hit to the head. We now know it takes the brain between two and four weeks to recover from a concussion, even if no effects are shown. And if the brain suffers another injury in those two to four weeks, it can take months to recover. You may feel fine or normal immediately after the concussion, but the long-term effects aren't known until well later in life. I'm sure that Tua felt fine soon after that hit versus the Bills and wanted to get back into the game and be there for his teammates. But the doctors, coaches, and any other team official should have kept him off the field. No one stepped up to protect Tua from himself. I love football, but I find myself ashamed to be a fan this week. The league and the NFL left a loophole in the rules that allowed Tua to be back on the field. The Dolphins lied to us about it being a back and a foot injury so they could put him back out there in four days to play again. We know how that ended. I just wish they were all as ashamed as I am. That is uh, that is well said, Chris. Thank you very much for uh, sharing that, my man. And uh, hopefully... Uh, those headaches, uh, you know, don't uh, don't cause you too much disturbance at uh, important times. Because uh, as you stated, I don't know that there's there's much that can be done for those. So making sure that we get on top of this concussion protocols is a number one for the NFL. We mentioned that last week. Good to reiterate that one more time here. Let's close up shop and remind folks that yesterday in this very podcast feed, a prediction. For the big WWE pay-per-view, Extreme Rules, that's out in the feed before this. And coming up later, we will, of course, react to what happens there. We will then be back at you next week for NFL Week number six picks. Stay tuned here on this very feed, the Morgan You Know Podcast Network, to get all of that audio entertainment produced by one James Thomas Jamriska. Jimmy Jam, we missed you this week. We'll have you back next week. And as always, the final word goes to our friend Mr. King. Goodbye, Internet.